to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. everybody. We are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode 67 of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing fairly well. The sun is shining. Well, Well, that's good. The sun is shining here too. I went outside and stood there in the sun for a minute and it wasn't that cold. (laughs) Yeah, I actually went out and stood out with the puppy. Lulu, the puppy, is she is energetic, that girl. Oh, gosh. And uh, so I've got to take her outside to play with her two big sisters in the backyard a couple times a day. And she was just hounding me to go out. So before we recorded, I took her out for about 15 minutes. And the sun felt wonderful. And mm-hmm. she got to get some of her energy out. And so we were both happy. Well, got that's a little vitamin good. D. There you go. There I've you just go. been playing catch up. I got called into work a shift last week that I don't normally worked. And kind of threw off my game plan. So I've been playing catch up and um, I'm not going to do that this week. I'm not answering the phone the rest of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm so behind. I just got back from the beach. I was there for five nights and (laughs) yeah, and I get home and I got piles of mail and stuff to do and I keep putting stuff off. (laughs) I don't want to do it. Especially when the sun's shining. Well, it's not warm enough to really go outside and do much out there. So it was so cold at the beach, though. It was like freezing. That's sad. It's 63 here today. That's not terrible. I'm just ready for spring. You and me both. Spring. This episode comes out in March. So we're about a month month ahead. We're exactly a month ahead. We're recording a month before it comes out. But yes, when when it starts a month from now, when this episode airs, it'll start to be a little warmer. (laughs) And Jen and I will be happier. We'll be so much happier. I love the summer. Yeah, somebody came to my house this morning to do a mobile blood draw for Inside Tracker. They're sponsoring intermittent fasting stories. So she came and she and I were talking about, she's from Augusta, and she was like, I like the heat. And I was like, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was really cold this morning, but we were longing for 100 degrees. I know people are probably like, what? You're crazy. I love it. Yeah. Well, now it's time for our weekly good news segment. And today's came from Maria in Florida. She wrote, my 50th birthday was coming and I had just gone through my second divorce. We had sold our home and all I could afford was a basement apartment. I felt like such a loser. I thought everyone was entitled to one mistake, but two? That just proved I was a screw-up. I knew there was no one to plan anything for my birthday. My two college-age kids and my high schooler didn't have any money, and it takes a husband to plan a special birthday party. A friend and her husband were kind enough to invite me out to dinner, and lo and behold, there was a surprise party. A dear friend from work had planned it and included my friends and family. To say I was shocked was an understatement. 
As I looked around the room at all the wonderful people in my life who cared enough to celebrate me, I realized I could not be the loser I thought I was. I was so blessed. The thoughtfulness of my friend to plan this party truly turned my life around. It caused a shift in how I felt about myself, and that changed everything. A year later, I met my husband, and we now have the life I always dreamed of. We've now been together for 18 years and together have 17 grandchildren. This one act of kindness showed me that one person and one thoughtful act can truly change the course of another person's life. Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, Never too late to have a, a new beginning and the life that she's always dreamed of. Listeners, we need your stories. Send your good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. I really can't stop talking about Sunbasket. It's a company that has my husband eating veggies. So that is a company that I'm not going to stop talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow they incorporate veggies into their dishes in a way that my picky husband doesn't mind. This week we had chili verde enchilada pie with braised pork, which was amazing. Tonight, since my husband's at work and we are recording, I have a fresh and ready meal that only takes minutes to cook. It's Middle Eastern chickpea and frika grain bowl with herb yogurt. And I added a pre-grilled Norwegian salmon filet. Tomorrow, when I have more time to cook, I'll make Asian stir fry with bok choy, carrots, and wild-caught gulf shrimp. Ooh, we're having bok choy tonight in my sunbasket meal. I you know, sun basket I love meal. bok choy, and I cannot yeah. get it at my local grocery store. Oh, no. It is a little bit tricky to find. Yeah. You're right. I had to go two places to find it one time yep. when I was looking for it. So with sunbasket, I love that I can choose whether or not I want to cook or just heat and eat. The produce is all organic, and I have the option to upgrade the meat to organic or I can get wild-caught seafood. You can check them out and save $40 by using the link found in show notes or at lifelessonscommunity.com forward slash sunbasket. Yeah, and they're part of my weekly rotation. I have sunbasket. It comes every Monday. I have three meals, and then the rest of the week I have my green chef. Yeah, (laughs) I literally use them both. I took a break for a little bit because I do a lot of the fresh and ready meals, Mm -hmm. and they were kind of starting to feel redundant. But um, they just like, they came up a with a whole, whole bunch, bunch of new, new ones. ones. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, My favorite is that whatever it is with the beans. What is that? The white bean? The bean cassoulet? Yeah, the cassoulet. Yes. I couldn't think of the word cassoulet. Mm-hmm. I got that. And um, sometimes it has sausage in it yes. too. Not always, but I got that. And I always doctor it up a little bit because yep. that's just the way I cook. You watch me cook. I like I add some cream. And <laughs> you have to really season their meals because they're low sodium. Mm-hmm. So you have to add, you know, plenty of salt. So that they taste good. I didn't tell Chad that one time. I left him with a bunch of those before I went out of town. And he's like, they weren't as good. And I'm like, did you add salt? And he's like, no. I was like, that's why. <laughs> that sounds like Eric. It's my secret ingredient. <laughs> he, he'd say, that's too much trouble. <laughs> it's not. But yeah, I love Sunbasket. So. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. This week, we are going to discuss a subject that is difficult and heartbreaking. It's one that many people instinctively shy away from but it's a conversation that needs to happen. Nearly 20,000 children under the age of 19 die each year in the United States alone. The number one cause of death in children is car accidents. 
I think nearly all of us know at least one person who has lost a child to illness or injury, and it's every parent's worst nightmare. And because of that, when a death happens, often people are unsure of what to say or do or how to offer support to the grieving family. Do you bring it up? Do you stay silent and let them bring it up? Should you reach out on special days like birthdays and Mother's and Father's Day? What is the right thing to do? And I think most people are afraid really to cause the parents more pain and they don't know what the right thing to say or do is. So more often than not, they stay silent. Sadly, one of my very dear friends lost her son to a tragic accident in 2011. And through the years, I've had opportunities to talk with her and observe her in her grief, her healing and growth since that day. She is one of the strongest women I know, and I admire her so much. Look, I'm going to cry, guys. <laughs> I asked her to sit down with Jen and I today to talk about this difficult subject with our listeners. So welcome, Allie. Thank you for being with us today. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, it's so nice to meet you. And, you know, Sherry knows your story well, but the listeners and I do not know it. Would you take a few minutes to introduce yourself to the listeners and share some background about you and about your son? Sure. Thank you. So my name's Allie. I was born and raised here in Kansas and I have four children. Uh, we kind of have like a, his hers and ours now. And it's always interesting how you explain children later on after you've lost one. So that's kind of where I start with when I explain the number of children I have. So I have my first son, Kanan, my daughter, Portland, who I will probably refer to most of the time as Coco because that's what she's gone by her whole life. Not planned, but I'll get to that in a little bit. And then my stepson, who was actually the oldest, Tate, came into my life when he was 11. Now I have a just newly six-year-old, like 10 days ago. So four children, very spread out. But my first son, Kanan, passed away in a car accident. And that's the kind of story I'm here to, sh- to share with you guys. So so I guess I I know you know that day well. I remember that day well. Yeah. Allie and I used to work together in the Kansas City area together. And um, I had moved to Colorado just a few months prior to that when I got a phone call one afternoon telling me that Allie's son had passed away. And so, Allie, kinda, can you take us back to that afternoon? Yes. So... Yeah, Sherry and I worked together, and she, when we worked together, she worked the day weekends, and I worked nights, so we were always, like, kind of overlapping, but had that transition, and um, I've worked nights my entire, like, healthcare career. I, I still do, but I was between night shifts. It was April 16th, 2011, and my husband at the time, my my ex-husband now, but husband at the time, um, was going to the Royals game that day for a celebration with his friends. And I was between night shifts, so I was sleeping. So my in-laws had the children and they had taken Canaan and Cortland or Coco to um, an Easter egg hunt at our church that day while I was sleeping and had driven into town. Canaan wanted McDonald's, which we didn't have in the little tiny, small Kansas town we lived in, Eudora at the time. So they had like went to the next town, did the grocery shopping. We're going to get McDonald's on the way home. And both the kiddos fell asleep in the backseat of their car, of their minivan. And they 
while driving home were hit head on by an impaired driver less than a quarter of a mile from the exit. Wow. On the highway. On the highway. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my my son Keenan ended up losing his life in the accident. My daughter Coco broke her neck. My mother-in-law had extremely severe injuries, but did survive and is doing very well today. Um, my father-in-law that was driving, luckily, wasn't injured horribly, but of course he was driving, so mentally he has he holds a lot of it. It was absolutely not their fault in right. any way. The driver that caused the accident was under the influence of drugs, and it was completely his fault. So. Oh, how awful. I, you know, that, that's just one more tragedy from drugs, right? Driving right. impaired. Yeah. And, yeah. So talk us through the, like, just the, maybe the week after Kanan passed away. Yeah. So, well, I'm kind of going to start back from like right when it happened, just so I can uh-huh. type, okay. tell Coco's story. So. Yeah. So first off, we call her Coco because that was what Kanan called her because he couldn't say Cortland because it's such a long name when you're three because they were three years apart. And I, she has just never like dropped that name. I thought she would as she got older. I was like, oh, she'll probably go back to Cortland and she never did. So she's, I'll call her Coco the whole time, but that's, we didn't really name her Coco. <laughs> I love the name though. It's a fun name. Do her friends it, call it, her Coco? Everybody in the world. I love it. it. Completely fits her personality. Like. I think children mold into their names. I, yeah. Sometimes I wish I had named her something like a little calmer, you know, <laughs> she, she I can get do that. that much. <laughs> but um, so when the accident happened, of course there's chaos and everything. And I was not there. I showed up on scene and got to be with Coco, but I did not get to be with Kanan. They ended up after, after me, like really, fighting for it, going to the same hospital because they were going to send my daughter to a non-trauma and being in healthcare, I really like fought for her to go one to where the same city my son was going to, but two to a trauma center. But Coco ended up having a, actually they had the same neck fractures. They both had C2 fractures. Um, Kanan lost his life to a, a neck injury and then Coco survived a neck injury. So they had exactly both C2 fractures. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Co's, Coco, I call her Co sometimes too. Her um, her car seat actually like broke as well. And miraculously, she didn't come out of it, which really makes no sense because she should have slid out from the bottom and 70 on 70 impact. And she managed to like stay in the seat and had just a small skull fracture and a C2 fracture. We didn't truly know that Kanan had passed away until, until we got to Oakland Park Regional. It had okay. been um, probably at least an hour since I had gotten on scene. And then when I arrived there with Coco was when we found out that Kanan hadn't survived. So they CT'd her and worked her up and couldn't find anything and at the time, my, well, still, my sister was a nurse at Children's Mercy, which is our local children's hospital in Kansas City. It's, I mean, it's a big hospital, but, and I just kept saying, like, Coco's not holding your head up right. Like, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. 
they didn't see collar her like on scene or in the ambulance or anything. And she wasn't holding her head up correctly. So I, I just knew something was off. I mean, I'm in radiology, but I, you know, I'm not a critical care person. So I just, but I knew something was off. I, and you know, your kids. And mother's instincts. Yes. And aren't they supposed to put collars on everybody who's been in that type of accident it's, or not? It used to be that way. Apparently okay. protocols have new, Yeah. Okay. New guidelines. Mm-hmm. I've just watched a lot of television. They always <laughs> put on the collar. So. Yeah, I, I still believe she should have been seat collared, and that's so. my own personal belief. Right. Um, but they did a CT scan at OPR and uh, the first hospital she went to, and it was missed. And they were going to send her home. And at this point, I was with my son; he had passed, and I was mm-hmm. with him. And I just kept saying, "Like, she can't come home. We were on a highway accident. Like, she's she has to go." Like what is something? What if she goes home and has like I'm radiology right. something and like what right. she has like a brain bleed or mm-hmm. like you know something comes up later. So between like my sister and I, I think we we convinced them like okay, we'll just go to Children's Mercy Hospital to make sure. And it was there that they found like I kind of reread everything and found that she did have a C2 fracture and a skull fracture as well that was missed um, on the previous images. So, so I stayed with my son for, for a very long, my mom, my mom was traveling home from out of town from a business trip. So I was kind of waiting, we were waiting, um, for her to get there because my family's really close to, um, so we could all like say goodbye to him together. And after that, we, um, we held him for eight hours and then mm-hmm. went over to Cookless Hospital and started, you know, taking care of her and kind of transitioning to you've got grief and you have survival. Right. And, right. Yeah, I was like, going to say at that point you had to shift into survival mode. Oh yeah. And I had to be a mom again. Like I right. didn't, I didn't, ha- I wasn't able to be like, Oh, I can't, can't function. Like, no, like right. my there wasn't that like, girl. I can't cope. I'm going to check out. Yeah. You had to cope and you and had she was to- two. So it, it was, it's exactly one week from her birthday. So okay. she was one week shy of her second birthday. So okay. the accident was on the 16th and her birth, she would turn two on the 23rd. Okay. So, um, you know, so you had Coco, she ended up being in a halo mm-hmm. um, and she was in a halo for what, six, six weeks or so? Yeah. Halo mm-hmm. and then transition down. So we were about like five months in different neck braces. Right. Mm-hmm. So your first, I mean, six months after Kanan passed was a lot of working with Coco, doctor's appointments, and I'm yes. sure just worry about her and her healing at that point. How did you cope with that? I, it was hard, but I didn't, I don't feel like I ever like had the ability to just stop. So, um, she needed me like, right. Uh, you know, moms, mm-hmm. mom. And she was terrified of car rides. So every time we'd go to another appointment it was traumatic. And does she remember the crash and she, remember what happened? 
she does not. That's that's a blessing now. Yeah. But she for a while afterwards she clearly yes. you know did, but right now she does not. Now you did something really amazing in the months and I can't remember the exact timeline. Um, it feels like it was pretty quick to me, but you did something amazing in Fort Canaan and for anybody else that drove down that highway after that. Tell our listeners what you did. Yeah. So um, Kansas had never had any highway cables anywhere in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Never. Um, it just, they're used, you know, Kansas City kind of splits Missouri. Missouri has them everywhere. Kansas did not. Um, so after the accident happened, and actually it was like leaving the hospital with Canaan that night when I had to leave leave him there to go to Coco. And I had said to my mom and sister, like, we have to do something about the highway. I didn't truly even consider cables. I was thinking just the normal, like, cement Concrete. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was like, we will fight for this alley. Like, we will get something done. So the just just for people who may not quite understand, um, some the the impaired driver was going the opposite direction, but came across was it the median? Correct. Was it on yes. the interstate? Yes, it's a okay. it's a yeah it's um it's a state highway. It's a okay. state highway. Okay, mm-hmm. so came across the median of the state highway into the ongoing traffic, yes. and that's how the head on collision. So the cables. For people who have seen them, they they stretch down the middle and they prevent you from drifting over into the oncoming traffic. The oncoming traffic, right, right. And um, again, like Kansas had never has never had any of those anywhere. So K ten, which is the highway that this accident happened on, is just known to be a, a very dangerous highway, connecting colleges and city life, and just for a lot of reasons. So after we started like kind of putting a petition together and trying to get this passed, um, our governor of Kansas ended up like putting together a task team to decide whether this, like it was time to put cables on this highway. Well, they found out that it was this, like the, the mile stretch where my son was killed and my daughter was injured was the second highest death rate of any highway in Kansas. Wow. And it was hurtful to us because it was like, we felt like we had already lost obviously so many people on this highway. That you felt Canaan's death was preventable. Right. Exactly. Right. And I felt like they waited for something to be so tragic. And and unfortunately, and I'm not saying this, I'm, I'm saying this like kindly, like, when you lose an adult, people tend to not, the community doesn't tend to pay like, as much attention. Yeah. Right. And they mm-hmm. should, because every life is by, yeah, you know, right. they, it's, it's a parent, it's a, it's a right. child, whatever still, but we, we definitely had a lot of, a lot of support and um, it was still a battle. It was, it was not easily passed. We ended up getting two, two mile stretches of cables on K10. So on the whole highway, we have two two mile stretches of cables. Are those the most dangerous stretches? Yes. Statistically? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've seen a few articles that came out after they installed the cable medians about the accidents 
that the cables had stopped. I mean, obviously they don't stop an accident, but they stop a crossover accident. Right. Right. And so I just think it's so amazing that you took Kanan's death and um, you spun it in a way to do good with that and to prevent other families from living the grief that you've lived. Yeah. We have gotten so many messages throughout the years of people that have been like, my child hit that, my son hit it, my parent hit the cables and they didn't cross over. And it is so helpful like for in us to feel like we like we feel so grateful that there's been something positive. Also, I feel like the highway really I mean it took Canaan's life. It completely changed my daughter's life. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. And I didn't want that highway and that day to justify his life. So I wanted him to have a better legacy than just like I, my life is taken from me on this highway by an impaired driver. I wanted him to be, I want it to be like, this is what we, what happened because of him on this highway, you know? Right. And I, and I, so I focus so much more on like, like safety as opposed to, um, even the accident part. Cause to me, like his life wasn't an accident and I, he was, you know, taken by an impaired driver, which I don't consider a complete accident. So, right. um, I want his legacy to be a positive thing and not just another statistic or exactly. sad story. Right. Now, when, when you were going through all of this, um, as a mom, you know, there for Coco, but grieving, did you seek out any kind of grief counseling or did you have a support group of any type? Yeah. So I did. Um, I, my husband and I at the time pretty much separated about six weeks after the accident. Our daughter was still needing treatment up in Kansas city and we were living down by about, I don't know, 45, 50 miles away. So we, Coco and I were staying with my parents um, just for a shorter drive for her and her like traumatic experience. Cause she was terrified right. to be in a car. Oh yeah. Right. And I, I, I did see a grief counselor for a while and it was, it was very helpful. Um, but Coco was so afraid for me to be away from her. I didn't really get the chance to ever stop. And she was, you know, we had doctor's appointments and just x-rays and CT all the time. There was really no time to, um, not be present. Right. And I, and I find that like a blessing. Like I, I honestly think my process would have been so much more difficult had I not had to be so busy with her. And she was just terrified for me to be away from her. Um, and one of the one of the counselors we saw at the children's hospital had said that like all she really knows is that something really bad happened and mom wasn't there. Right. And she was very I mean, for years I couldn't even just going on a run without her would traumatize her. I and mean, she just but it helped me. It it was it was kind of a saving grace because I had to um luckily be present and 
there for her. Right, right. You know, so when we talked a few weeks ago, you said something that really stuck with me, and I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, you can correct me. Um, you said something about that Canaan isn't just a memory, he's a person, and that you want people to know the person he was. Yes. Um, so what, like, what does that look like to you? What does that mean? Well, I, I will say it's different throughout the years. So in the beginning, because we're, we're, this, this accident happened in 2011. So, um, we're going on the 11th year this, this right. April, but I, he's, he, he's real to us. He's still in our home. He's still in our hearts. And I just want him to like always be known and always be remembered. And even if it's just somebody knows he was still here and hears a story and, and it's important for Portland too. That's her, it's her, it's her brother. It's her only, you know, right. Right. See, and you also talked about um, how raising Coco and Raider, Raider, like you really focus on making sure that your grief doesn't overshadow or take away from like your care and love for them. Yeah. And um, that wasn't anything I'd really ever thought about before. And I'm sure other parents who have lost, you know, their children probably feel similar. Um, Like you want to keep his, you want to keep him alive. You don't want him to fade into a memory. No, I, it terrified me to think, and this was even before I had Raider, like even with Cortland, I didn't want her to ever like look at a picture of her brother and go, who's this? Right. That is so important to me that she knows. And we all know because of course, like my stepson and my youngest son had never met him. And I need them to know who he is and never, I don't want him to be a stranger to them. And we have Canaan all over our house, but also having gone like for my daughter, for Coco, we, her brother, she went through this traumatic event with a very painful, like the, a C2 fracture is a really extremely painful fracture. She went through her own trauma, right? Really lost her brother, lost her family because her dad and I separated, lost her home she lost everything. And I just never wanted her to feel like it was Canaan's fault that she mm-hmm. lost all that. Right. I wanted her to know that like, we love him and you know, we don't even focus on the person that caused the accident because, and he did pass away. And I probably should have mentioned that. I'm he sorry. passed away. And I was wondering yeah. about that. He, he passed did away in pass the accident. Away. So there's no, like, there was, Nothing. There was no trial. No, yeah. 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 No anger is, towards a living a person. Yeah. Yeah. There, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of anger that I've worked through the years, but there, yeah. we, I can't put it on him because it doesn't go anywhere and it's a waste of my energy and I need to spend it on the kids anyway. So, but I want, I want all my children to love Canaan and because he was a great kid. He was just a really great like just perfect, normal little five-year-old boy. And I want them to grow up knowing he was that and not that he was, he was not the focus of trauma. This, another person caused this trauma, but he was a wonderful person. And um, I've tried really hard um, through all these years to 
I probably don't always get it right, but I try really hard to focus on that. And well, do I think that that's beautiful. So, you know, every person, every experience is going to be different, but our community members have some questions for you. Sure. And so the first question is this one. Um, She said, I met a woman who was in her early 40s. We started talking about our children. She relayed to me that her oldest, who was about six at the time, had died in a swimming pool accident. I quickly said how sorry I was to hear that and then asked her about him as well as her other children. I kept wondering if that was the right way to handle it. I didn't really ask questions about the accident but mostly about the kids. She seemed to light up when talking about them. I kept praying I wasn't being intrusive, was I? Oh, no, such a perfect response because there is this uncomfortableness, you know, when I say, a lot of times I say I have four children, three at home and one in college, just to because I don't know how to explain it. And if a mother, if somebody says, like acknowledges that child, they, they want to talk about it. Now they may right. not want to go into depth about the cause of the death or right. the accident, but it's, they're still our children. So yeah, right. that's a perfect, that's a great way to approach that. And I guarantee you that mother was great. She shared it because she wanted mm-hmm. to, people know she had that. Child. So tell tell me about him. That would be something yeah. you would like to hear yeah. about. You. Yeah. Tell me about Canaan would be something you would welcome. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So another listener, she wrote, um, I'll be tuning into this episode. Our new neighbor lost her daughter, who was six, a year ago, and she has been grieving the days leading up to the date. They lost their daughter before the relocation, so we never met the child. And I have found myself at a loss on how to be supportive, given we don't know each other well. Yet she seems very open to our tight-knit neighborhood. And I know you mentioned something similar about this kind of when you're dealing with other parents at your kid's school and stuff. So what are your thoughts on this? What could she do to help honor, you know, her new neighbor's daughter on that important date? Yes, I was exactly that person because I moved into my home now with my my kids and my family um, years after. And I kind of had this sense that I wanted to like share our story the way we wanted to, because we moved towns. Um, but my neighbor and Sherry, you know, her just Lyman uh-huh. <laughs> um, was like, Oh no, we're going to talk about it. And it is the anniversary dates are very difficult. And you also have to like give kind of parents grace on those days because it is, they are just hard because mm-hmm. you don't, you can't, you can't celebrate that day. You, but it hurts and you just have to deal with it. But um, definitely acknowledge it. Like that my first year here in the neighborhood, we moved into this subdivision in March and Canaan's anniversary was in April. And my friend Jess brought over balloons for his anniversary. And it was still hard. Like it wasn't, it didn't make it easier, but she knew it and it got me and Coco out of the house and it gave us a moment and I'm really grateful for it. And I still remember that. Like, and honestly, same exact situation. Um, leave a card on the, at the house, leave a text message, something, because just acknowledging that, you know, this mother is going through this day or this family, um, it takes a little bit of the grief off our shoulders because we're not completely alone. Somebody else is remembering it's, it's a, it's a day. It's a day. And I would imagine birthdays are also challenging. Birthdays are very challenging. Yeah. Um, 
for me, I, it just so happened this way. My son Kanan's birthday is in January and January 11th. And then my son, my youngest son Raiders is January 30th. So, and then the accident was April 16th and my daughter's birthday is April 23rd. So I always have to bounce back quickly. Right. And I find that kind of a blessing truthfully, because I think I could get really stuck if I didn't have other children that I had to like, Oh, all right. I've got to be present for you now. Like it's not fair to them to not celebrate. I, you know, I get them another year. Yeah. Like I have you an an entire, another year of your life. Like I'm so grateful for that. So, but birthdays are really difficult. Um, first days of school are really difficult. Even though my son never went to kindergarten, he was so excited for it. So that's a hard one. And New Year's, ironically, like New Year's is hard. It's just like another um, milestone. I don't know. Or yeah. on the grave. Yeah. It's just hard. Yeah. Right. Another year has gone by. Yeah. So. Which, and that wasn't one I would have in the beginning had ever thought was difficult. But it does. It does tend to. And Christmas, I would imagine Christmas. Oh, Christmas, definitely, yeah. Do you have a stocking for Canaan? Oh, yes, still? I do. I, 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 I do. So. I would. <laughs> I want to like post a picture now. Yeah, we. I put a stocking yeah. up from every year. Yeah. And um, see, he is so talked about and displayed in our home, and pictures, and we have his toys, and we have. I mean, we. It is. It is not a bad thing to bring up Canaan in our home. So we. We honestly talk about him and the kids know it's, it's safe to, and happy to say good things about, actually my celebrated life all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My youngest Raider, so Raider just turned six. So, and I was like, this is my first ever six-year-old son because my stepson came into my life at 11 and Raider said, do you think that I, I can run faster than Raider did and, or than Kanan did? I'm sorry. And I was like, Oh, buddy, I'm not sure. Actually, like, I don't even—I <laughs> don't remember now. At this point, like, seeing all you kids grow up, like, I, I like you—you you might. I don't know. And he's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's such a little brother question, though. It is. Oh, yeah. It really is. He yeah. surprisingly talks about Kanan. I feel like more than any other kids, and I think it's because we have like we have like a Kanan cabinet, um, and then. We have a box of like Canon toys that he's allowed. Like all the kids are allowed to play with, and they were there for Coco as well. And I have like I made when I when my kids were little, I made like all the we use snapfish like photo books, right, right. Mm -hmm. And like Raider goes through all of them. I'd be like, I want that sword that Canon had, or I want that football helmet that Canon had in this picture. I'm like, "Mm, that was a long time ago, and I don't know if I can find it. So (laughs) they're and they're like they are there for everybody to grab and he's still interested in it because he's still in his age group. So it's great. But we like encourage that. And we like, we're happy when he pulls out the Canaan book and make it joyful. Yeah. Yeah. We've got another question from, from a listener and um, the listener says, you know, she knows every friendship and relationship are different, but if you know someone struggling with, with this, um, the, the loss of a child, she wants to know how does she bring the subject up? You know, how, when do you wait for the the grieving parent to bring it up? When is it appropriate time-wise? Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, I would say the grieving parent is grieving 
that child every day. So there's never a, a wrong day to bring it up. Okay. And maybe even waiting until the day of the anniversary of the birthday is that's when we probably grieve the hardest. So possibly, you know, a couple days before or a week before I'm going to go back to Jess Lyman. She just always will message me and be like, what are you doing? Do you need me? Do I, can I be there? Where are you? What's your plans for that day? Or, you know, there's never a wrong time because if you don't, if you don't say anything and nobody says anything, that parent's still going to grieve on their own. Right. Alone. Right. And grief is very, very lonely. So if right. you, if you don't bring it up, you, you are going to do it by you, that parent's going to do it by themselves. Right. So it's better to bring it up and, and show that you care yes. than it is to worry that mm-hmm. bringing it up might cause pain. And people always will say like, oh, I felt bad. I made you cry. I'm like, no, I'm going to cry anyways. Like, right. I, but it kind of takes a burden off of you. Like, it's a, it's, it's the elephant in the room and you can dance around it all day, but it's there. Right. So you might as well talk about it. Right. And get it out and say what you want to say and let the parents say what they need to say. And, exactly. And yeah, because it's not going to go away. It doesn't, it, it never goes away. And yeah. I'm either going to have a friend there to help me or a neighbor or my husband or my parents. My parents, I feel like I haven't said anything about them. They are, they have been extremely helpful, supportive, like literally saved Coco and I through this entire experience. So you either do it alone or you let somebody just help you do it. Cause you're going to do it either way. You're going to grieve. Right. You're going to cry. Right. You're going to be upset. That person that brings up your lost child isn't the one making you cry. It's the loss of your child, but you mm-hmm. get to, they take, they, they do, they take a little weight off your shoulder when you're allowed to do it with somebody and not alone. Yeah. So you said grief is lonely. And I think um, our next question comes from a concerned mom. She wrote, eight years ago, our son lost his children, girls aged four and two in a tragic accident. He is known for helping others and he immediately focused on taking care of everyone else's needs, but he doesn't take care of himself and he rarely mentions the accident. In addition to our grief over losing two granddaughters, we now grieve for our son's loss and pain. We're extremely concerned for him. We try to show our love and share our grief with him, but he continues to pull away. He uses his work to keep very busy and resists counseling. I'm his mom. I know I can't fix it, but I want to find a way to help him find a way forward. Do you have any suggestions on how I can reach out to him again? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That kind of hurts me more than anything else. Um he is definitely hurting and it is, it's very difficult to force somebody to like seek help or go somewhere when they're kind of, there is this like, keep going, keep going, keep going, especially when you have their children, like and family and you're trying to, but I do think it catches up to you if you don't deal with it at some point. And, um, I, my advice would be just to reach out every day. Even if you just say, thinking about you, thinking about your child, like, love you, call when you're ready to talk. I'm here when you're, and even if you don't get a response, don't get upset, but just be 
someone that knows that he's in a spot and grieving and trying. There is this strange place in the grieving parent community where people don't take the time to go to counseling. A lot of times they have other children and they just don't have the mental time or or physical time to go do that. It, It seems... It seems simple, but you do have to go back to work. You do have other kids. Right. You do have other responsibilities. And it can be really, really difficult. But I I would send a text. I would make a phone call every day and not get angry if they don't respond. And just, hey, I'm here for you. Thinking about you today. Thinking about your child. Thinking about this memory. You know. So just keep reaching out. Ready. Yes. And, and never get angry if they don't respond because right, when you're right. in a place, you're just in a place. And yeah, yeah. Um, and everybody's going to have a different way of dealing with it emotionally. Yeah. But knowing somebody else is thinking about your child is very helpful. Mm-hmm. It does make That's you feel good not advice. so alone. So if you could just pick you know, one lesson you would like listeners to take away from this today, you know, what would you like for them to, to learn from this conversation? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you the, the, my first best experience coming back from my son's um, death, going back to work. And then I'm going to tell you the words that just hurt that are unintentionally hurtful. Okay. Um, I went back to work. My entire life changed. My son was killed. My daughter was injured. My marriage was separated. I was living with my parents. My home was gone and everybody was afraid to be around me, even at work. And one of my really good friends, uh, I'll, I'll say the first thing, she, you know, Sherry, Tina, who I love and adore uh-huh. was there the first night I came in and it, I went back to work. Um, I had to wait till my daughter was like completely out of braces. So it took or neck braces. So it took, I was just a little over three months and, uh, or like safe braces, like where she could sleep by herself. And I got to work and Tina was like, I was, I've been so afraid all day. What to say to you. And she meant so well, she did did not mean to be like hurtful or anything, but I was like, Oh my gosh, I can barely even be here. My whole life changed, but I went back to the same work I had been at. That was the only like normal thing. Constant you had. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't want to go. I didn't want anything to be the same again because it had all changed. And I, I couldn't even like live in my home. Like I didn't want to go back to the same place where, right. you know, I was between shifts and it was just, it was like, but I had to, cause I had to take care of my daughter. Like, right. Even financially, like I had responsibilities as a parent. Um, and she meant so well by that. I could just, I could see in her that she was so anxious seeing me and we just hugged and I like, you know, tried to go out the shift. And I remember like walking down to the ER at South and Cherry, I'm saying it that way. Cause you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, um, people just kind of be like, Oh, oh it's like nice. Oh, hi. Yeah. And this very special security guard I worked with named Quincy. Kate, he saw me like going down with my little portable machine and he from this me and was like, Oh my gosh, it's so nice to see you. And that was like the best response because he didn't put it, there wasn't like this scary moment. There wasn't that it he was 
and I could see in his eyes, like he was just grateful that I was there and uh-huh. he was comforted and happy that I was like back at work and moving. And I knew, like, I felt like if anyone was going to, if I could like, go to anybody at that point, it would be him. Cause he was just over the top, just happy to see me back in like, you know, normal life. Right. And that has always stuck with me. Always, always, always stuck with me. Something that grieving parents, and it's it's meant well, but something that we really is hard to hear is when people say, I don't know how you got through it. I couldn't have done it. And mm-hmm. that that actually, it's meant, I, I know it's meant kindly, and I can see that, but to, then this is like a big thing in the grieving community too, of like, I don't have a choice. Right, right. I, like, I love my child as much as you love your child. Like, what would you do if you had other children at home and you lost one? You have to survive. Like, I love all my children the same. And I can say that I only grieve one, but I love all of them equally. And I know that in my heart because if I didn't, I wouldn't, I would not have survived it. So that is, that's probably, again, the most common thing said. But don't say that. Don't say that. Just <laughs> if say, you yeah. say anything, just don't say that. Because <laughs> we we struggle really hard to mm-hmm. keep going, and it, but it's you a do. Hurt but you do. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. the right yeah. thing. You know, we have like. Well, and you never know how strong you are until you have to be strong. Exactly. So, well, do you have anything you want to add as we close up? Yes. So. I was listening to your podcast about, I saw something, there was a comment made about like something about 222, 22, oh. like a number thing. 2222. Right. And you guys are talking yeah. about how you like yeah. like numbers. And uh-huh. yes. you said you like evens, but you're going to, uh, um, yeah. That uh-huh. said, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're yep. going to mm-hmm. kind of enjoy this. So I, and I don't know why. I think I was like mom busy. Kanan's last birthday was uh well Kenan Kenan's last birthday was when he turned five and he was still in preschool so we didn't do like a big party we did kind of like a last minute um bowling party at KU campus like it was kind of low-key um I was like oh we'll do a friend party when you're in kindergarten which uh-huh. by the way my other two kids got great kindergarten birthday parties because I regret that so much right cool but um so I was scanning a stroke patient at South, a head CT on a stroke patient. And I said, as I'm like sitting down to scan, the stroke nurse had come in and I was like, has this patient had any other like stroke history? Because they just came like right to me. And the nurse said, oh yeah, their last stroke was one eleven eleven. I just remember that because that sounds so strange. I was like, oh, that's my son's last birthday. And it was like eight oh, months after like Kenan a- had passed away. Yeah. So it just like, I was like, I never put together his birthday was last birthday one. was 1 11 11. So as a fam, like we all, if we see like the clock at like 1 11, if we see any numbers like repeating numbers, like that's one, your number. Yeah. Like that's canon. And like we will spread like text screenshots of 1 11 and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of our I love like, that. family special way. number. Yeah. So. So it's like, it's like a God, a God wink. I think there's a book called God Uh, winks. Have you heard of that book? No, I haven't. And it's like, um, 
it, it, it's a, re- a really great book. It's just stories like that of things, that, you know, that there are God winks. And so for yes. y'all, 111 is a God wink. Well, and I think as a anybody going through grief, not even a parent, you choose, you get to choose to make something make you happy or you can right. let it go away. And it's so, it's, it is so wonderful if you let those moments help you because they, yeah. they help a lot. They do. You know, my my brother passed away, you know, six months or so before Canaan, and Mm -hmm. he loved the smell of skunk. I I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. He loved it. And and so he would be like, ooh, it smells like skunk. And he would like it. So now anytime I smell a skunk, I'm like, hey, John. Yeah. Yeah. I always think that's John sending me a message. You know, and I, again, I feel like you get to embrace those to make you happier or you... Uh ignore them and you, then you get nowhere and we all want to feel happier. Like right. we, we want to remember our loved ones, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, Allie, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. Um, you. It was, it's very special of you to share it with us and, and the whole community yeah. Yeah. loves Canaan. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening. I'm glad just the more people will hear his name and know exactly. he was here and he's loved. And really Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to invite you to the Life Lessons VIP community on Circle. Not only can you interact with Jen and me in a private online community, you can connect with other listeners and community members. I will be hosting monthly Zoom hangouts where we can connect and talk. You can join us in this new VIP community by going to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP. Choose your monthly membership contribution of $4.99 or $9.99, and you can change to a different tier at the end of any month simply by managing your subscription within the platform. Choose the option that feels like the right value to you. For those who truly get value from the podcast each week, we would hope that you would be willing to choose a higher package to help support the work we do on the podcast and the costs associated with it. And if you have any further questions about that, if you missed episode 65, go back and listen to that because we go into that a little bit more in detail. Absolutely. And remember, this is just a great way to support the podcast, even if you're not looking for community and interaction and the monthly Zooms, you can support our podcast like a lot of podcasts do with like a Patreon. We're doing this instead of Patreon. We're doing this instead and it's really going to support the podcast, but also it should be a lot of fun. So next, we have a segment we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Laura in Canada. And this week's listener recommendation fits beautifully with the weekly lesson that Allie shared with us. She said, currently, I'm going through a breakup and picked up You Can Heal Your Heart by Louise Hay and David Kessler. It goes into grief after loss, divorce, or breakups, but also has chapters on grief from losing a pet or other losses, such as job loss, and more sensitive topics, such as pregnancy loss. I haven't finished it yet, but so far, every sentence has been hitting home for me. Would recommend it to anyone going through grief or suffering a loss. So again, that was, You Can Heal Your Heart by Louise Hay and David Kessler. Thank you, Laura. That is a, a great um, recommendation, and it is perfect for this week's yeah. life lesson. And each week we end the show with a motivational quote from a listener. And again, it's kismet. Uh, today's quote fits wonderfully with this week's lesson as well. It comes from Annette, and Annette recently lost her beloved cat, Lucy. 
Her dear friend, also Lucy, her cat's namesake, shared this beautiful quote with her that she found especially helpful during her grieving. And the quote is, never forget that in between hello and goodbye, there was love, so much love. And I really love that so much. When I lost my brother in 2010, it was the most painful experience in my life. And one of the things that really got me through that dark time was the love. Um, He passed away four months to the day before his 40th birthday. And he had open heart surgery when he was just a day old. And he was never expected to live through his childhood years. So I really thought back over all the love and laughter and memories that we had shared together and tried to just really feel grateful for all that love and time we had together because it was really always borrowed time. And I may not have always realized it at the time, but every year, every holiday, all the shared laughter and memories, they were a gift. I love that quote. I'm going to say it again. Never forget that in between hello and goodbye, there was love, so much love. It's beautiful. It is beautiful because that is the part to remember. So listeners, thank you for joining us today on this very special and moving and emotional episode. Join us in the new Life Lessons VIP community. Go to lifelessonscommunity.com slash VIP to be a VIP podcast supporter for either $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Your support ensures that we can keep bringing you episodes of the Life Lessons podcast each week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And we would also love for you to leave a review so that we can reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present our weekly life lesson? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and then listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.